Welcome to the program. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Lots going on in the world. Ash, before we get into some of the more current events, I'm curious, I'm fascinated, continue to be by this Alec Baldwin dumpster fire. All right, so there's more news. Apparently, uh, Alec Baldwin uh, claims that he's judgment-proof. Now, I think for a lot of people, people don't understand what that means. Now, we're lawyers, and we, we deal with this kind of litigation all the time. And so, you know, when somebody, a, a defendant, somebody who is uh, targeted by a lawsuit says that they're judgment-proof, it means that there is no means of recovering against them. And typically, when I think of someone who's judgment-proof, I think of, you know, basically an indigent person, somebody living paycheck to paycheck, where they have no means to cover whatever loss they cause. But Alec Baldwin is a rich guy. Yeah. So what's this all about? Yeah, he's basically claiming that the contracts that were involved to get him and his production company involved in the movie uh, indemnify him, meaning they won't be obligated. Should anything, should he be sued for anything, he wouldn't be on the hook to pay for that loss. And who knows? I, I haven't seen the contract, and that's critical whenever you're going through these arguments of whether someone is, in fact, judgment-proof or not. You've got to see the actual language. But it's very, very common, I always say, with construction. That's when I used to always deal with it is you've got the general contractor, you've got the subcontractors, and they're all indemnifying one another for any damages they all cause. But usually what that language won't do is it won't indemnify him for his actions actual actions as an individual right his own dumb a money money doing what he did right right yeah so I, it's going to be really interesting i want to see the contract i want to see the actual language of the indemnity provision because i don't see how it would actually get him out of this but his terminology saying he's judgment proof he's not judgment proof if you sued alec baldwin for something he would be financially able to pay that judgment right he's got investments he's got a you know presumably a you know some kind of you know money in the bank he's got you know he has the means to, to, to pay out on suits. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, I just, look, his involvement in this is so, so complicated. He was involved as not only just the holder of the gun, but he was also a producer on the set. He's the, like, elite. I mean, so it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Fascinating. Yeah, I don't think he's going to skate out of this. And by the way, his law firm, another example why, you know, you, you hire a good lawyer and they begin to put out information right away. So I saw that the that the law firm, and we, of course, know who they are, um, we were they've already created a CGI graphic of the shooting showing exactly how it transpired. And it's funny because you can tell the story as much as you want, but until you have the visual, right, it's, it's kind of hitting home to people exactly how it happened. But I love it because they're putting it out there. TMZ, other news sites are putting it uh, 
in front of people, and they are literally educating the future jury that's going to sit on this case. That's what that's, uh, to me, I think that's what that's all about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the demonstratives are great. They're explaining to people what what took place. The argument really is, is the defense is saying there's no way a jury will ever see those. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, Jurors get to see a lot of demonstrative evidence throughout the trials, throughout various trials. It just really has to be factually accurate. You have to prove that when you've made a demonstrative, it is 100% accurate, even in time. You can't speed up time. You can't make things larger, bigger, etc. So I anticipate whether or not these specific demonstratives get in, there will be some similar uh, illustration that gets before a jury. But you're 100% right, Sam. This They're educating the public, the future jurors that are going to be sitting on these uh, cases and uh, deciding Alec Baldwin's financial fate. It, it, it is, and, and I don't see any circumstance by which he, he's in fact untouchable as he claims legally. Uh, I, I think ultimately he's going to be paying money here. Yeah, and I, I frankly, I hope he does. It sound, the, from what I've, everything I've read, Sam, he created a set that did not handle itself under standard safety protocols. As, as the producer, he was one of, he's one of the key individuals responsible for making sure it's a safe environment for anyone that comes on there, whether it's another uh, worker on the set or whether it's a guest on the set, it's his responsibility. And he was also the one holding a gun. And how many actors and actresses have we heard of that would come through and say, if you pick up a gun on a set, there are so many things that you, as the the holder of that gun, the checks that you have to do before you can actually use it as a prop. And he didn't do those. And so there's a lot of layers of responsibility and failures on there. Uh, so it's going to play out and it's going to take some time. But you're, you're right also in the sense that Helena Hutchins' family, they have a great legal team behind them, very confident that they will leave no stone unturned in this endeavor to get justice for for her family. We will continue to follow the story because it's it's absolutely fascinating and um, and, and an example of accountability, and it's something that we want to see have happen. All right, Um, we have some news here. I don't know if you know about this, uh, wonderful distinction that we have here in Nevada. We've become the third state to ever hit $5 a gallon average gas price. Who are the other states? So I was looking at this. California surpassed the $5 mark weeks ago. And then what do you think the third state? New York. No. Oh. And I will tell you, think of it as a state that's difficult to get to transportation-wise. Alaska. Hawaii. Hawaii. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oof. And and so one thing I, you know, I was just talking to a a guy who's in in finance earlier today, and a lot of people are asking, why are gas prices at the pump so high when the price of crude, a barrel price of oil in the open market is dropping? Speculation. Right. Well, it's two things, right? It, it actually, there's an element of just corporate greed, right? I mean, it, it's true. The, the, the co- and, but the companies also, t- there are a couple things, right? The, the, the producers of gas really believe that the, the price of oil is going to still shoot up in the future. 
Okay. That the price of gasoline long term is going to be going up. But as long as demand, right, price is always willing buyer, willing seller. It's free market. So they're putting a price up there that initially was driven by fear of, of barrel crude going up in price. Mm -hmm. But now the demand for oil apparently has not decreased to the level that they need to decrease prices. So price elasticity, right? The movement of pricing mm -hmm. always depends not, it depends primarily on customer behavior. And so I, you know, the price of gas folks is gonna continue to go up until we begin modifying our habits and saying, okay, hold on, we're not gonna be going to the pump today because we're gonna not drive somewhere tonight because we can't afford $7, you know, in gas, uh, you know, per gallon. And, and so the, the, the crazy thing is, and at some point there's, there's always that inflection, right? Mm -hmm. Where you, where, where it just, the price does not, is not supported by the market. I, th I think we're very close to it. And I, I think that already uh, people certainly here in town are making decisions based on how much it's costing to fill up at the pump. Yeah, I know a lot of people that normally will drive to Southern California on the weekends to get away and go to the beach, and now they're not because that drive is significantly more expensive and not as economical, and so people are opting to fly even. Uh, do you remember when Southern? I was in Southern California the last time we went through a major price hike in gas, and it was, I forget who was in office, was it? George W. Bush or maybe even Bill Clinton, but uh, it's when the Thursday worked it. I mean, Thursday became the new Friday. It was George W. Bush, yeah, and it was, and they they started cutting Friday as a workday, and and four days a week. I remember screaming about gas back then. I was working my my second law job, and I remember I was commuting from Newport Beach to basically a, a Downey, right, mm -hmm. right by it was Santa Fe Springs, but. Not a lot of people know where that is. So, so how, how far? Well, it was, uh, I forget. I mean, it was probably 25 miles. Okay. And and so gas for me was very relevant. It was a component of my monthly budget, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember those prices going up. And if I had to look and remind myself now, I think we'd cry. I mean, it was it's like, like two ninety nine. Yeah. It yeah. was like, oh my gosh, we're going to go through $3 a... Yeah. And, and I... I recently looked, by the way, at my apartment that I lived in at the time, because everybody's rents were going up too. So I was just like, I wonder what my first apartment costs now. And I I had that apartment in Newport for fifteen hundred dollars, fifteen fifty a month. And that same apartment now is twenty eight hundred dollars. It's almost double. Wow. Wow. So yeah. Uh, it's just crazy. So prices across the board going up, and and something's got to give. All right. When we come back. There was a very uh, important speech today uh, given on Capitol Hill uh, for all of Congress to listen to, and it was not by one of our politicians, uh, but it will affect potentially us here at home. We'll touch on that briefly, uh, and then we have some other things. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. What's right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam and Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Sam and Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. The 
place to be this time of afternoon here on News Talk 840 KXNT. It's What's Right with Sam and Ash. And uh, we're coming to you loud and clear, hopefully, uh, from our downtown Las Vegas studio office. And, uh, and Ash, I don't know if you got a chance to see it. I, I watched it uh, just a, f- a few minutes after it went live because it was, in fact, broadcast live. It was President Zelensky's address to Congress. Now, I, I don't want to get into A lot of pundits are talking about the address, specifically the, the, the result of it, right? It was a powerful speech, and he used, again, I, I, I think he's very good at, at convincing people and, and speaking from the heart, and he, he's, he's effective in that regard. They also showed, as part of the speech, uh, some, some, I mean, it's a, it's a heart-wrenching video, right, mm-hmm. of, of attacks on Ukrainian cities and, and, and a very good juxtaposition between, you know, images, video before the attack and then, and then video of the same buildings, the same parks after the attack with people running for their lives. But, but it was the aftermath that fascinates me because the minute that, um, not the minute, but basically within a couple hours, the announcement comes from Washington that we are going to do X, Y, and Z for the Ukrainians. We're going to supply them with these missiles, these drones, this aid package, this money. And, and so basically cash mm-hmm. and military equipment. I don't think that we should be announcing that. I mean, yeah. I think the entire point of not going in with our military is to avoid getting into a hot war with Russia. So, but it's, it, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's absolutely in our best interest to have Ukraine and anyone else on our behalf bleed Russia, you know, in a, in a costly battle. And to the extent that we can give equipment quietly on the DL, without without signaling right it and and contribute to the to that conflict getting prolonged and to russian losses intensifying i i mean that's good policy but biden holding a press conference saying this is what we're doing i mean to me that is just a dumb move yeah especially if the whole reason we're not going in to protect ukraine is because we want to stay out of it i mean this is like right yeah it's such a we're really uh splitting hairs here we're not gonna we're not no we're not part of the war but here ukraine take these small arms take these anti-armor systems takes these anti like take everything we're not gonna do a little exchange on some migs like that's the magic line like we're not gonna send over like 25 vintage soviet era airplanes we're not gonna do that but but yes but here's you know 300 drones and and 800 stinger missiles and all of this equipment 20 million rounds of ammunition 20 million ra- you saw that I, yeah it's, i don't think putin's been, going well is that a like is that bullet from ukraine or from uh the us if it's like, well he's not saying it, that it doesn't give us any deni- plausible deniability which which again i remember back to 2016 to the to the election you know lead up to the election and one of the one of the greatest points Trump would always make on it on the campaign trail is that our leaders and our generals we always say what we're going to do, and it's because Biden well forget Biden Biden's a non-issue but the the administration is more concerned about virtue signaling yep. to the public, to the consumer right uh, to, the, to to the voters right to the you know and to the media 
than they are about the strategic interests of the United States. Yeah, this is it's no different than wearing a mask. <laughs> like this is the COVID mask of I got to wear my mask so everyone knows what I'm doing to help my my fellow citizens. So that's why we're doing it. I think it's foolish. I think it's signaling our involvement, our level of involvement and it's it's just it really is splitting hairs at the end of the day. And so I don't think we get any good we don't get any goodwill by not going in there. It, I don't think it, Putin looks at us any differently. Well, he, he he doesn't because he gave a very passionate speech himself uh, some hours ago. He does not look well. He looks a bit bloated and extremely upset. Um, I didn't see it. He looks bloated. He, he, he's looking puffy. And people are speculating that there are, you know, that he's on some kind of steroids, that he may have some health problems, which is, you know, not a good sign. Uh, you don't definitely want to begin a nuclear war with someone who has a fatalistic view of the world. Uh, men, in particular, think differently uh, when they are facing death and when they feel like their time on the earth is coming to an end. They tend to be, you know, there there tends to be a, a certain amount of fatalism there, and then that that's not a good mindset with somebody on a nuclear trigger, the hand on the nuclear trigger. So anyway, that that's one observation. Speaking of uh just a a amazing <laughs> amazing uh defiance of death do you know that the czech prime minister the polish prime minister and i believe the slovakian prime minister all went to kiev yesterday no they did they um i understand they flew into an airport on the border of poland and then got on a train and took a train to kiev to meet with Zelensky wow. in person Wow. I mean, and if there was ever a, a, tar a military target, that would have been. I mean, imagine taking out the leaders of, of three NATO countries. They got in the same car? They got in the same plane. The same car. Well, the, 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 you know, don't get me started on the polls. I mean, they, they literally, the polls a few years back, if you remember, there was a, a, a plane crash outside of Katyn, and it was, it was terrible. It, every person in Polish government basically was on one airplane. And the airplane crashed, and it wiped out. I mean, literally, the entire governing body of 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 Polish politics in one in one moment. So that you know maybe wasn't the smartest thing. But this was a a symbolic journey. Uh, this was, mind you, this is not the Czech president; it's the Czech prime minister. Okay. And there are deputies in place. You know, if something happened to him, you know, somebody would would take his place. So it's not quite the same thing as as if you know as if our president was on a on a train you know traveling through a war zone but still i think i look at it as incredibly brave and symbolic on the part of on the part of these guys and and um and and they were then able to report back to the european union and and i and look i i again i there i have to say this because it baffles me there are a number of conservatives that that actually believe that this war is not necessarily happening. <laughs> I saw somebody who I, I, I respect and, and has a lot of very wise positions, was an early skeptic of COVID, and he, you know, the reactions, governmental reactions to COVID, and, and I mean, he's literally saying that the absence of GoPro footage of actual firefights makes him suspicious. That's just crazy.
I think people are hyper skeptical in light of everything we've gone through. I, that's, and that's really, true. I think that's with true. COVID and everything, everyone's like, it's, you know, it's the CSI mindset. I want the direct evidence. So, yeah. Show me the receipts. Yep. Show exactly. me the proof. Exactly. All right. We come back. Florida's don't say gay law. This is the talk of all of woke media right now, and we'll explain to you what is actually in the bill. We'll read it to you, and you be the judge, because I think it's important to go sometimes to the, to the root evidence and see if it really is what people say it is. All right, you're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840, KXNT. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash injury law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash injury law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash injury law. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Welcome back. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Tomorrow, today's the 16th. Tomorrow, Ash, what's tomorrow? St. Patrick's Day. I'm excited. And we're doing a live show at the Emerald Isle Casino in Henderson, and we're going to have the owner, Tim Tim Brooks, there with us. He's going to be on. Uh, Plus, Ash, I don't want to, I'm not going to spoil the surprise for you, but there may be a little surprise uh, there. Don't, I don't even want you to start (laughs) guessing what it is, because you would only get one guess, and if you didn't get the guess right, then then, uh, there wouldn't be a little surprise. Uh, But I think, I can hear Mark laughing. I think he knows he knows what what this producer is. Mark's laughing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so come see us. Come visit us. We're going to do a live broadcast. Two to three p.m. We'll be at Emerald Isle Casino, which is right behind the Rainbow Club off of Historic Water Street in beautiful Henderson. And uh, we look forward to hopefully see you there. Come find us. We'll be at the restaurant and uh, set up somewhere and and uh, doing our show and. And by the way, it's going to be two years. I just want to ask Tim Brooks about it. I know he's talked about it on the air before, but I think it's going to be exactly two years from the shutdown. Yeah. Yeah, in the la- and we've talked about it, and the shutdown occurred on St. Patrick's Day, and they had all this food from, you know, it's an Irish-themed casino and restaurant, and they had corned beef and cabbage and beer and everything ready to go, and so they were sending it out in platters to I- their staff. I guess I'm, I I want to know to what extent we're going to remember that day, right? Because for those of us that lived here and and at the at the time, right? And uh, because I, by the way, I I feel like a relative newcomer. I've been here two and a half years now. Um, I ran into somebody. I think I was telling you today. I was at a coffee shop, and I I there's a guy that knows my sister, and he introduces himself to me, and 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 he goes, yeah, I, I moved out here from L.A. I go, oh, you too, okay. Um, when did you move out here? And he goes, yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I hope you've settled in. I'm glad well, you are. He already found a great coffee shop. That's what shop. I was going to say. I was like one day in and he's already at the right spot. <laughs> yeah. So he's, 
He's got a market of success. Yeah, some people land on their on on both feet. So he definitely did that. So, but I think for people that were here, uh, and especially for people who are in the industry, because you know Tim obviously in in the, in the industry, and 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 it was a tremendous loss and, and a stressful time for him and for his family, and for all of his employees. I you know, I, I do want to revisit it, and I want to make sure we never forget the pain of that day. Yeah, the pain and the uncertainty. I mean, that was one of the more difficult things that I remember having to handle and field. You know, all of the employees looking at you going, well, what does this mean? What What's next? What do I do tomorrow? How does this work? That was very, from a leadership standpoint, that's something that I will never forget. You know, we can't forget it this year because this year we're going to the polls at the end of the year to pick a new governor. Yeah. And our current governor, Steve Sislak, would want nothing more than for all of you to forget that he called you and your job non-essential. You and you and me and all of us, we were unessential. And just like that, you know, with this, with the stroke of a pen, some guy, you know, basically, but a governor, right? We found out how powerful governors are in our lives. Completely changed our 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 lives, one day to the next. And we, you know, now that we, and, and I know it's hindsight, but in the moment, I could even understand the shutdown in the moment, and I did. I I, I didn't. I've said this, you know, many times. I, I we didn't know what was coming at us. And the shut, shutdown might have been prudent in the first two, three weeks. The, the months that it dragged on and the mitigation measures that followed are, are just defy uh, common sense and certainly defy, ironically, defy science. So uh, we can never forget this. I want to talk about it with Tim Brooks. I want to hear from him as a, as a business owner that was, you know, that was profoundly affected by it and and it's, you know, that's the two-year anniversary. So hopefully we can, at some point in the future, enjoy St. Patrick's Day for just a jolly day that it is and not have <laughs> it be this, this sad anniversary for us uh, here in Las Vegas. Um, all right. We need, a, we need some transition music. When we do these awkward, sudden transitions, we need to announce it somehow. Transition. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. How do you Salmon Ash transition? I know. Um, Other radio shows have yeah. it. You know, I know <laughs> we're we're highly jealous right now. No, it was really it's really funny. I um it just uh, highlights the awkwardness. I I love it. I look, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. I, I was sick earlier in the week, so we had to do replays on the show. This this Florida bill that uh. has come down, everybody is screaming. They're literally having cows about it. Disney now entering the fight saying they cannot stand for this kind of, you know, phobia and, and hate to be spread in the state of Florida. It all is around the don't say gay bill, HB 1557. Here's the problem. That's not what's in the bill. Right. And I, you know, I, I, I always, I never accept what somebody tells me. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong, dedicated cynic. And I don't care if it's on the right, I don't care if it's on the left, or if it's coming at me from the middle. So I, I you know, I sat down with it finally, and I, I look, and I, and I went to the, by the way, it's not a long bill. 
know, kind of bills that come out of Congress. Some of these bills, you know, they're, they're thousands of pages long. Ash, this is seven pages. I know. So any stupid person in the media could take two minutes and read it. It's actually written in, oh, wait, English. Page four of seven. Item three. Classroom, this is a direct quote. Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or devent developmentally uh, today I can't talk De developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. It doesn't say there shall be no LGBTQPST education for people that are grade three or younger. It just says no gender identity instruction, no sexual orientation instruction. Right. And it, yeah, they're not. That's the that's the frustrating thing is these taglines of the don't say gay bill. It's great for getting retweets and getting people to just sign on and get behind your agenda. But no one you got to stop and, and take the time to do what you did, Sam, and read the text, because that's not what it's doing. In fact, they have no interest in in telling kids that if they have gay parents they're you know dismissing that or anything like it or re overlooking history because remember there was the nightclub in orlando that was a, a gay gay club that was shot up they had a shooting do you remember that they, don't, they have no interest in in overriding that and ignoring that that's not what's going on they're just trying to prevent a discussion or instruction about it to kindergartners in third grade I, 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 I actually think, okay. think talking sex, Ed, certainly gender identity or sexual orientation with the first grader is freaking weird. Not just not just that. It, it, to me, it's I, I mean, this is borders on on perverted, yeah. perverted behavior. How is this controversial? The truth is that the language of this bill is not controversial. Mm -hmm. But what it is is the mainstream media and all of these activists stirring this up for their agenda. And Disney, God, this is the, the Walt Disney Company. Oh, by the way, I got the acronym wrong. I, I, I can't even keep up with it. LGBTQIA+. Not to be confused with Disney+. Plus. Uh, <laughs> Disney employees plan walkout over company's response on March 22nd. All the Disney employees are going to do a walkout, a protest. All of them? Well, I don't know. 3 p.m. Uh, on the 22nd. I guess all of them that went. But can you imagine the working at Disney or like the guy that doesn't walk out? Yeah, sorry. I actually read the bill. I speak English. You know, it has nothing to do with what you say it does. Um, but the, and the critical <laughs> thing to I mean, the focus of the bill is reinstating parental rights in the discussion with their kids yes. and and whether yes. it's about gender identity sexual orientation your health your like medication your vaccination status whatever all this bill is really doing is reaffirming the parents role in raising their young child and i'm okay with that i like i think back to when i was in kindergarten and third grade if anyone had talked to me about my gender identity or sexual orientation, I would have been so confused, so uncomfortable. It's like, I just want to go play kickball. Like, can we knock this off? Like, you're, you're making this weird.
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I remember being in the third grade. So do you. I also ha- have, you know, like a lot of people listening, I, you know, I have kids and they're in schools here in, in Las Vegas. Uh, my, my youngest now is in the third grade, but, but essentially all my kids, I've gone through that stage of life as a parent of first graders, second graders, and third graders. They are not ready to grasp this stuff. And actually instruction on this, in my view, is enormously damaging right. to kids and, and, and presents to them issues, ideas, and things that they're not capable of wrapping their heads around. And I, I worry, in fact, um, puts ideas into their head. And, and you're, but you're absolutely right that the, that the, the bulk of this bill, inclu- well, including this section, is about, is about giving parents you know, the, the, some rights back and some, some accountability to school districts so that you don't send your kids off to school and, and have them come, you know, come back completely indoctrinated. And again, nothing here says we are going to teach your kids how to be straight. We're going to teach your kids that it's a man and a woman and da-da-da. And nowhere in it does it say don't say the word gay. And nowhere in (laughs) it says we shall not say the word gay. It just says that that we're not going to teach sexual orientation or gender identity, which I think is, you know, and and, and I've talked to some, uh, by the way, over the weekend I was talking to a actually gay friend about this, and I... uh, and, and he, he, you know, they've got kids and he agreed. He absolutely agrees. Like this is, and, and, but you're never going to hear from, from them, right? The people who are making the loudest noise are going to be the, 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 the fanatics. And they're, they're taking all the oxygen out of the room. And, and I, I, you know, it turns out, gosh, I, I mean, Florida's had it right on a lot of things. And this is, this is, this is one of them. And one of the things you said, indoctrination, and it's not, literal indoctrination but when they're young kids and a teacher is explaining something or instructing a child on that kids don't have the ability to differentiate and question they really do i remember being a kid and idolizing my teachers at that age and just everything they said i absorbed and i took in and so it's not intentional indoctrination it's just by the fact of their their age and their mental development and their inability to differentiate between what's me what's not me and and questioning things like that so i'm i'm all for this i i'm not for writing out gays out of history and out of society or of any of that so. like of i there's so. no hatred in my body but i'm all about parental rights and if a kid comes up to a teacher and wants to talk about this the teacher goes Go talk to your parents. I mean, sex ed was eighth grade yeah. for me. Okay, I, I remember that. I, that you know, and that's what my my son now is eighth grader, and they've they've started. And I think they did a little bit, if I remember right now, sixth grade. Fine. Talk about it in sex ed, but it, it's not appropriate for six year olds, seven year olds, and eight year olds. I'm sorry. Okay, when we come back. We will do a, hopefully, do you have a Sammy on the spot for me today? I do. Excellent. That's where, you know, Ash likes to throw me a curveball and see how I handle it. Um, Sometimes I handle it and sometimes I don't. So (laughs) you'll uh, have to stay tuned to hear how this one goes. What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Boom, Welcome back. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. If you love the show, follow us on social media at What's Right Sam. And Ash, you're 
at Ash the Attorney. Yeah, that's me. Beautiful. And uh, and then, of course, the show is what's right. Show. Show. There we go. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Make it easy. All right. It's that time where we do Sammy on the spot. Ash will put me on the spot. Throw me a curveball and see if I pick it up and do something with it. So where uh, what do you have for me today? Did you are you a Mike Tyson fan? No, I, I like like I saw him recently. Where? In person uh, at Resorts World during one of the openings, uh, the the uh, cigar place. Oh, he was at Eight's opening. He was at Eight's opening, How? and uh, I kept my ears as far away from him as I could. Great reference. This is exactly. You're welcome. <laughs> That's a great transition. So the headline is: Mike Tyson is selling weed gummies in the shape of a bitten ear. So. Anyone that doesn't know who Mike Tyson is, famous uh, former world heavyweight champion boxer, and one of his most known moments in the ring was when he got into the ring in 1997 to fight Evander Holyfield. And I believe in the first round, he bit a chunk of Evander Holyfield's ear off. Um, And so now he's launched an edible pot product called Mike's Bites. Would you ever eat one? Absolutely not. Okay, even if it wasn't cannabis related, would you eat a? Well, I wanna, I wanna, you wanna, I wanna see look. It? I'm looking it up right now. So what, now, first of all, I think it's brilliant marketing. I do too. It's brilliant marketing. It's it's edgy. I by the way, I think we're ready for it now. Do we have any status on Holyfield's ear? Did it heal up? Were they no, able? No, to... it was like a chunk. No, I I mean it was like the top, just the tip. No, it was like a chunk out. Of, yeah, it was not pretty, but I don't How think it healed. How does it, it look now? Do we, have, do we have an update? I don't know. We'll have to look for an update. But have you seen a photo of the, the ear? No, show me. You mean of the, of the, the gummy? The gummy? The gummy, I mean, it, it's not. It looks cherry. It looks red. Well, I think, folks, it actually looks like a gummy with somebody having nibbled a little bit away from it. That's um, the point. No, I, I know that. Uh, okay. <laughs> the the packaging look again it's brilliant marketing I, okay, I so, I'm not I'm not into I mean I feel like I'm eating ears so it's a little bit a little bit odd but here it's a it's a marijuana gummy I mean if it wasn't marijuana would you eat it if it was just a Mike's bites gummy that's making fun of his situation still enough you know what you know what it would be it's like the perfect gag gift you know when you need to give somebody a gift for under I don't know what that costs, but under like 20 bucks and you want to give them something funny. Yeah. That's what this is. It's for. very Vegas related too. But, right, right. Because he now bites ears here, right? <laughs> or sells bitten ears. Sells bitten ears. Uh, um, but okay, so I like it because you're right. It's a market. It's brilliant marketing. I was just talking about, do you remember Salt Bay? His restaurant just opened yes. up the strip, Newser Et, or what? I don't know how you pronounce it. And everyone was asking me, are you going? Are you going? And I said, no, there's nothing about a guy sprinkling salt off his forearm onto my steak that is appealing. And they go, oh, you don't like him. And I said, no, 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 that's very different. I don't want to go to his restaurant. I actually really respect his ability to capitalize on this viral moment. He went viral over this video of him sprinkling salt and... From that, he's been able to create an international state. I'd like to point out that that was also before COVID. Now the idea of having, you know, salt. No, no, no. Just, they still, the. No, I know they do it now, right? But I mean, it was, it the, the rage of it started well before COVID. 
Sure. Okay, but I think the whole the whole point of this is I credit him for converting a what seemed like just a silly viral moment into an international business for him. Right. It didn't involve assaulting and disfiguring anybody, though. Right. Whereas this kind of does. Um, do you know, if, are they friends now, by the way? Have they made up? I don't know. No. I, so I, I think, I think it's great, but it, but I, and again, I'm not a gummy person. I don't, not a marijuana person, but. But you're I a candy, you eat but, candy. But if I, I wouldn't eat, let's say it was chocolate, right? I, I would rather have a quality piece of chocolate than one that is a gimmick. Well, how do you know it's not a quality gummy or a quality chocolate? I'm just assuming it's all about the gimmick. Well, that's an assumption. That's rude. Well, no, no. I think consumers. I, that's actually very interesting. I, th- I think, I think that would be a common consumer assumption or relation that they're buying it for the novelty and not necessarily the quality. Okay. Because Tyson's not like a- known. He, he's known. He's literally known for biting people's ears, not for creating high-end edibles. I don't I don't know his reputation in the edible market, but I don't know if it's my brand. I would want to put it on something that's high quality. So Sure. I, and I, I also bet, I bet want, you he's making some good money off this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so just anyone listening, don't send Sam any gummies. No gummies, no ear gummies, uh please. Hey, a big reminder, everybody, we will be tomorrow on the seventeenth, which is St. Patrick's Day. Yes, we will be thematically, appropriately enough, we will be at the Emerald Isle Casino in beautiful Henderson, uh, historic Water Street, just behind the Rainbow Club. And we will we will be there in person, two, two to three. three, doing our show live. Tim Brooks will be there. Join us. It'll be great. And we have a little surprise for Ash. You'll want to see this. What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840, KXNT.